Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You big down a bastard! Where'd you get your sleep? Jesus Christ! One gamba to alley. This is the Dave Duke Podcast. More cara. Konnasutatu. It's Dave Duke. It's the Dave Duke Podcast. And it's episode 19. And straight off the bat, this podcast is taking a week or two break. Right now, right here, I should be able to tell you, hey, we'll be back in two weeks' time. But I don't know. I'm going to take a bit of time off. It's going to be two weeks maximum. So it'll definitely be back before September. God willing. Touch wood. That's me touching it. Everything will be right and dandy. A couple of factors in this. I'm off next week. I'm going to Downings in County Donegal to play a couple of gigs. And I'm off the iRadio show. This has been a yearly tradition last year and this year. To spend some time in Downings over the August Bank holiday weekend... It was a tradition in 2019 and 2018 and 2017 too. The tradition continues, it just gets a little bit bigger. More lads come on the trip, we book a house and we have a bloody good time in one of my favourite parts, not just of Donegal, but of the entire country, of the entire world. And I'm not bringing any recording equipment with me. I'm not taking a proper holiday, because clearly I'm going DJing the Saturday and the Sunday. And then I'm doing a teen gig in Ardra, and then I'm doing the Dome in Bundorn. I'm doing four gigs in Donegal in the space of, what, eight, nine days? Yeah, seven. Seven days. Seven and a half days. Seven days and four hours I'll have done four gigs in Donegal. And I feel like a bollocks for not being completely off. But also then I love DJing, so 
<sighs> I don't know where to get the balance right. I've had a tough week. Since we spoke last, my condition deteriorated greatly. On Thursday, I started developing an awful twitch in my right eye. And I was like, that's not good. That's a sign a man isn't well. Friday, wasn't able to keep my eyes open. I was in bed on Friday night at 10 o'clock. Madness, Ted. And I slept all the way through to about half eight on Saturday morning. And I fell asleep again. And I woke at about quarter past ten. So that was 12 hours in bed. Wasn't sleep for all of those 12 hours. Of course not. And I got up. Had a tiny little bit of breakfast. I'm going to sneeze again now. I'm going to do a big dial sneeze. (coughs) Oh my God. That probably killed three people within a mile radius. I don't sneeze quietly. I don't think I can as a man sneeze quietly. There's no achoo here. It's uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Oppenheimer's atomic bomb wouldn't have a look in with some of the sneezes I let off and some dads of this country and of this world. A dad sneeze is a real thing and it could kill you. So on Saturday, I recapping, reversed the truck. I had a haircut at 12, had a bit of lunch, went back to bed for an hour, went to Dunn's in Cargan Shannon. I found that a really tough gig to get through. I literally had to drink to get through that gig. Otherwise, I didn't think I was going to get through it. And... Went to bed straight away. Usually I'd hang around with some of the Dunn's bar crew on a Saturday night or any Saturday night that I'm there for half an hour, an hour. I literally had to bypass all of them. And the gig was done at half two. I was in the bed at three o'clock. That quick of a turnaround. And got up Sunday morning, went to praise in the graveyard, thought I was on an upward trajectory and was feeling pretty good about myself. I was like, just rest, recuperate eat plenty today and then Monday to drive to Galway we were doing the show out at the Clayton Hotel in Galway because the Galway races are on this week and Jesus Christ it was a fucking struggle and I've just been not great since and it's really bugging me Uh, the twitching in the eye has subsided a little bit the sneezing comes on I've done a video consultation with a doctor I suppose they can't give you the full rigmarole of why you're feeling like this. They were like, ah, it's fatigue. You might have had a viral infection. That might explain the bit of squeeziness on your head and the bit of sneezing and feeling fatigued and not being able to keep your eyes open. Paracetamol and rest, they told me. I said, sound. No fucking bother, Doc. Hey. But by the time I'm on this podcast again, I will have gone to a physical doctor. Even though they are physical, they did not touch me. They did not take my blood pressure and my bloods. It has been so long since I've been at a medical, physical touch me doctor for something other than, I know I'm really sick, give me an antibiotic. That by the time we speak again, I'll have got the full MOT, NCT of the human body. I'm going to my childhood doctor, and I still have to book it. So I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. 
and it's going to be a struggle because ringing doctors, receptionists, I'd say you get a less frosty reception ringing Putin and telling him that you were going to launch an atomic bomb at Russia. Doctors, receptionists, they're a different breed of people. They really are. They can be vile. <laughs> they can be vile and violent. It's a surprise that not more GP receptionists have put people in hospital. Maybe that's what they do when they refer you to A&E. They're like, I'll put you into A&E. They punch the people in the back of the head. Now, go to A&E straight away. They know you're coming. But hopefully my experience with a GP receptionist tomorrow will not be excruciating and they'll be like, no problem, there's there's appointments next week. So on the week of my holidays, I will be going to a doctor to get bloods done and find out what the hell is wrong with me. Now I have some theories. I honestly think I'm experiencing something called burnout. Pure and utter burn out I also think I might have brought this upon myself speaking about work-life balance I have a tendency to sometimes talk myself into things like the amount of times I've convinced myself I'm dying when it's just anxiety or a bit of a panic attack coming on genuinely many times I thought I'm a dead man I'm gone I'm going to blank out and I hate being sick. I'm not a great patient at all. I think the worst. Automatically. Straight away. The worst. Never the best. Never uh, it'll be sound. Always the worst. And that gets me into a downward spiral. Makes me worse. And here we are. So I'm not dilly-dallying anymore. I'm not trying to load myself up with Revive Active and Dioralite. And barging on. I'm saying... Once and for all, it's time to get my shit in order. It's going to be difficult because this is a massive weekend, Downings, and I plan to drink, and I do plan to be merry, and the eating probably won't be great, but I know I'm reaching a crossroads in my life. Do I feel shit all the time? Or... Do I get my fucking shit in gear and start eating healthily and cutting off the drink and less of the sneaky fags and less nicotine and less dependence on Dioralite and Revive Active and more gymming and swimming, even though I can't swim. More gymming, more downtime, more reading, less screen time. It's back to the, the work-life balance. I've only myself to blame. But there's always the fear of going to a doctor that they're going to tell you bad news. I don't like them prodding and poking at me. I fucking hate getting my blood pressure taken. That thing's squeezing on my arm. Mm, you fucking cunt. Fuck off. Why are you fucking squeezing my arm? Even thinking about it is making me... Gag. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I've been lucky enough with my health. Actually, you know what? Hands up. Absolute privileged. People go through a lot worse shit than me, but when you're feeling shit for quite a while, then you do fall into a trap of feeling awful sorry for yourself. My medical history includes one dislocated finger, 
uh, one night spent in hospital. No broken bones, but I have broken a bone of somebody else. A few courses of antibiotics. Few run-of-the-mill flus. And as my medical history was outlined in a previous episode, one massive fucking burnout panic attack that I still feel the effects of to this day. Which came first is probably my dislocated finger. That actually happened in primary school. I think it was second class and I was playing in goals on the basketball court because there was three courts at the national school. Two of them were football and one of them was basketball. Even though we loved Kishfell, that's basketball, Oscar, yeah, we did prefer football and we would still play football with jumpers on the basketball court. And it was one of those club footballs. So they're quite light and they're colourful. Whatever way it bounced, I dislocated the second finger on my left hand. So you have your pinky and then you have your second finger and that dislocated. So if you've never seen a dislocated finger, congratulations to you. But imagine you have three bits of your finger. So you have to your knuckle. Then you have to your secondary knuckle. I'm not a doctor, am I? Um, So it was the bit between the nail and the secondary knuckle was looking back at me. And I didn't actually feel any pain. I think adrenaline kicked in. What made it worse was the teacher's reaction and my classmate's reaction to the dislocated finger. I was like, oh, that's odd. And they were like... Oh my fucking God! What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? So I was brought down to the dispensary or the local GP. It's not really a local GP, like, how do I describe it? It's not open all the time, but doctors would operate out of there. I don't know if you're familiar with the practice of this in small towns and villages where the district nurse might do a bit of bandaging up with some people. I was brought down to there, and the doctor was checking out my hands, and poking and prodding me, and how did this happen? And uh, do you play a bit of football? You do? All right, yes. And uh, where do you play? And then, the bastard, without telling me he was going to do it, fucking popped my finger back in. And I was like, ah, what the fuck? He was like, there you go. You're good to go. It'll be a bit stiff for a while. Off with you. Yeah, no joke. That's what he done, the fucker. He didn't tell me he was going to pop it back out. Am I thankful and grateful? Yeah, he done a great job. My finger has uh, full flexibility and mobility right now. But I will never forget him not telling me that he was going to pop it back in. He distracted me like a piece of bacon. Distracting a hungry dog. He distracted me with chat and popped my finger back in. So that's one bit of my medical history. The one night I spent in hospital actually preceded that dislocated finger. And it was a car accident. I was only five at the time, so I was in junior infants. And it was a Sunday. I don't know if I've told you this before. Maybe you're familiar with this story. And my two uncles were extremely hungover. Dying. The war. And we stopped at a shop that was nearest to us. It was only half a mile away from the house. Peggy Schollen, R.I.P. 
to the shop you used to be and to the woman as well. Very country old shop. Basically, it was a sitting room with anything you could ever want. Bread and milk and butter and tato and Cadbury dairy milk and Mr. Freezer's. And that's what I got. Big fat cub I was, sat in the back of this Peugeot 205 car. And the boys were heading for Kinlock to get a drum of diesel. Five litre drum. 25 litre drum it was. Five gallon drum. And I couldn't get my Mr. Freeze open. So for about a mile and a half I tried to get this Mr. Freeze open and eventually handed it in to my uncle who was in the passenger seat. But he was dying so much. He was that hungover that he couldn't actually work out how to open this Mr. Freeze. So he handed it to my uncle driving and he got distracted and we crossed the road and we went straight up a telephone pole and the telephone pole bent perfectly like a launch ramp and we went flying in the air and the car rolled over three or four times and it landed on its wheel wheels on the opposite side of the road pointing the direction we were going the only bit of glass that was left in the car was the front windscreen it didn't blow out but I luckily had no seatbelt on what a, a silly error but no broken bones was sound they brought me to hospital the doctors really couldn't believe it. I was okay. And I spent the night in hospital. And I remember being discharged the next day. And I was brought home and everyone was just happy that I was alive. So if I didn't break bones then, it was going to take a lot to break bones. The bones I did break though were of my first cousin, Tara. When they were only about four or five, I was, maybe they were even younger than that. No, maybe they were four or five. I would have been, oh God, what's the age difference between us? If they're, what are they now? 21? 22? Nine? Was it really? Oh, okay, maybe I was 13 or 14. Should have had fucking more sense than this than so. I was hoping actually that... I was a lot younger. When I had should have had more sense, I was lying down on the ground. Tara was running past me. I grabbed her leg. She fell. She went to protect herself with her arm and she broke her arm. And that was completely my fault. So broken bones of Dave Duke, none. Uh, broken bones of other people, one. Tara, my apologies. Medical history after that. I have had a couple of chest infections. Most recently after I had COVID, that one fucked me up. One as a child, that really fucked me up. Actually, what is the average for getting sick? Like, I see some really healthy people on Instagram still getting sick, and it actually makes me feel good. Not their misery or their misfortune. I'm not going, yes, that fucker's sick again. I hope he's fucking... I hope he's suffering the bastard. No, I see some really healthy people. They're eating all their greens. They're in the gym. They're doing yoga. And every so often they get sick. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not as bad as I'm led to believe. Like, how many times do you get sick a year? How severe is it? What do you do? Would you consider yourself a healthy person? Are you gymming? Are you swimming? Are you yogaing? Yogaing? Are you the new it's football and yoga together. It's yoga. No, it's pogo. 
Polo and Yogo. Polo and Yoga. <laughs> Fucking shut the fuck up, Dave. Continue. Do you get sick often? And is it for long? And what is it? And how do you counteract it? Now, maybe you have a long-term illness. and Maybe you're quite currently quite sick at the minute. My apologies. I'm not trying to make light of illness. Certainly fucking not. I have something that's going on at the minute that I need to get to the bottom of it. And personally, I think it's burnout. And it's really distressing. And it's really upsetting. And you just wish you were better. So I don't mean to be callous, nor condescending, nor flippant in asking these questions. It's just coming from a personal take. Do you get sick? How often? Do you worry about your health, even at such a young age? And how do you counteract counteract it? Maybe you experienced burnout. How did you get over that? I'm interested to know. Um, I always ask you questions. Sometimes you answer. Sometimes you don't. That's okay. It's not your responsibility or diligence to do so, to answer these questions. But sometimes it is cool when you give me your opinions and what you really think. So, in summary, I might see you in Nadunav in County Donegal. For the August Bank Holiday Weekend, I'll be in Empire Nightclub Saturday and Sunday. And I'll be hanging about Monday and Tuesday as well. And then on the 11th, I'll be doing an underage disco in Ardra in County Donegal. On the 12th, I'll be in the Dome Nightclub in Bundorn in County Donegal. On the 19th of August, I'll be in Dunn's Bar, Carrigan Shannon. And in the meantime, I'll be going to see my doctor. And getting my bloods done and getting my NCT done and hopefully being told, Dave, you're burnt out. You're not eating right. You're not going to the gym. You could lose a bit of weight, son, and everything will be all right. And I do drink water, quite a lot of it. I probably have the top tier water intake of any listener of this podcast. I'm putting it away, boys. Look. Look. Listen. Mm. Mm. Ah, Ishka. But what la Ishka? Mm. 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 Okay, I'm nearly joking myself. I love Ishka so much. Mm. There will be no gospel. Not because I couldn't be arsed, it's because I don't have it in me. I hope by the next time I'm doing this podcast, I am absolutely full of energy, full of spunk, and ready to go. But currently I'm not, and that's doing all of us a disservice. Okay, this has been the Dave Duke Podcast. Going on a break. It won't be long. Thank you for listening. Some people have listened from day one. Some people have went back to the start. Maybe this is the first episode you get and you're like, Jesus Christ, your man's in a bad way. He'd want to fucking look after himself. You cannot accuse me of being dishonest. Sometimes I be hard on myself and I think, fuck, I shouldn't have said that on the podcast. I was a bit too truthful there. A bit too depressing. But 
this is the reality and you should know the truth. I really hope I'm going to be far more energised and healthy and well by the time we speak again. The support for this podcast really has been heartwarming and soul-touching. I've really appreciated it. I still appreciate it. Until we speak again, which won't be too long, I promise you that. Take it. Savage. Handy. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.